With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Game Cox Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was... At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Thank you once again to Josh Van for joining us for the Garnet Trust Hour. I'll have that up on the 1075 The Game podcasting page shortly. But Tyler West and Chris along with you, and it appears they have also dragged Kendall Smith into the studio as well. We, we have not dragged her in. She has um, infiltrated <laughs> the GC Takeover Hour. But um, I, I'm waiting to go on my run, and I came in to motivate Wes to go Wes. run as well. Wait, wait, which did she tell you? She's skipping class to go running today. No. I think I've created a monster. We are not <laughs> saying that on public radio. <laughs> We're not Allegedly, class. she is Professor skipping class Smith. And I do not wish to confirm it. Professor Smith, she will not be there today because she is running. All right, is that your only message? Is that what you had to say? Well, I just wanted to come on here and say I'm leaving to run, but I need you to get ready for this cocky trot 5K. And I, I would like to challenge all listeners to come join Chris, us. Join. For the big Gamecock weekend Why? 5K. It, it, Kendall felt like you were really calling her out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You threw down the gauntlet. He really did at me on Twitter when he <laughs> signed up as if I wasn't going to do it. But I didn't think she actually was. So. I will do it as long as I have the time, and it looks like I will have the time. Now, now, Wes, you're using all this energy on Kindle. You should be using it on Bill. Bill's the one we need to get to run. I feel like that's a lost cause. No, he still has to spin the wheel of agony. Did and you spin he, the wheel? No. Why would I have to spin it? I haven't done anything wrong. Oh, is that why you have to spin that's it? That's debatable. <laughs> well, you you were in attendance for the Gamecocks losing the other night in baseball, and we did have some people on the text line that were blaming you for that, saying you brought some bad energy. Okay, fine. I'll spin the wheel of agony. We'll, we'll do when that do off I have air. to do it? Off air. Yeah. I hope I get yoga with Kendall. <laughs> That's what I really that'd be, want. That'd be a comfortable choice. <laughs> I do it every day. You got to take that one off there. I can't believe people were blaming me on the text line. In a fun way. I am not they weren't, accepting. They, they weren't serious about it, obviously. <laughs> you know but, what? But baseball is the biggest sport when it comes to superstition. So the fact True. that you were there and they had their worst performance, I mean, I, I, I get it. I will redeem myself. I've been to many, many, many baseball games over the years. I refuse to be the bad luck charm this we year. We will let the people be the judge of that. We That's have true. no control over that, Kendall. Well, I'm going to let you guys do your show. I got to go run. Literally have to run out of here and then have to go run. All right. Do you have a button over there? Uh, let's see if I can find one. 
I know this no. is Why? wonderful radio. Because your pun was just bad. I thought it was like a a sound to signal Kendall's exit. Thank you, Chris. This is why well, Chris not, not remains... a good way. Well, no, but Wes is like booting you out of the studio. I do have much. this. Well, it's not going to play. Hold on. They've been messing just with a lot of things Wes, in here. Just record yeah, Wes's Wes voice do it. doing it. Yeah, right. I'll just do all the sound effects. There you go. Thank you. Uh, that's actually indicating that it was funny. That's, so on that's that the, note, That's the best I got. I'll be back on Tuesday, everybody. <laughs> Try the veal. All right, guys. What are we talking about? Other than running. Uh, well, uh, that was a very fun conversation we had with, with Josh Van last hour. Um, gave us a lot of insight onto football and fatherhood. And, you know, like I brought up there towards the end, we know how chaotic the schedule of a football player student athlete is. I can't imagine balancing that with having a newborn kid as well. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and I think one, one thing that I always noticed about Josh and, and just the last I guess it would have been a year where, you know, when he had his daughter and was going through his final senior season at South Carolina. And, you know, Chris, I, I think there was a lot of opportunity there for him to be around his daughter as he was also taking care of his responsibilities. I mean, you look at the videos and just seeing him out at practice. Um, a lot of times, you know, his fiance would be there, his daughter would be there. And, you know, I, I think that they did. Uh, I think you give credit to Shane Beamer, Justin Stepp, the staff, um, you know, for being willing to let him sort of be a father while he's also handling his responsibilities as a football player. And, you know, all the credit in the world to Josh as well. I mean, Josh has joked several times that, you know, like I'm I'm a kid who has a kid, um, you know, just because he's a, he's a laid back, funny guy, goose off a lot. And um, so, I mean, all kudos to Josh. Like, I think, Chris, we met. Gosh, he was like 16 or 17 years old uh, to see him like grow up and, you know, become a father and, and be such a good dad has been really cool to watch. Yeah. Our boys all grown up mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, saw his daughter running around there at pro day just, and Josh was saying she's all over the place and whew, I could see that there's always that stage when you have a kid and it's like, oh man, I can't wait till they can, you know, walk. And then when they walk, you're like, oh, this is a little much. So she's all over the place. So he was trying to juggle all that but man i've gotten some communications on like the nfl end from some people that are tied into the the scouting side of the nfl who are like man like he tested really well like probably better than expected you look at you know his 40 time josh said he expected it not surprised i just wanted to get his his take on that he had been running in the four fours laser time down in florida when he was training i thought that was a little bit higher maybe than I expected, especially coming off an injury. Then you look at his other numbers, his vertical, um, his broad jump. He did a great job catching the football, which he's always had great hands, you know, mm. punt returner, receiver. Did a great job there. So I think he put himself in a good spot. And did you catch the other thing he said, Wes? Obviously, they are able to talk with teams and um, people in the scouting industry and kind of get feedback. And he actually heard, I don't know if it's directly or indirectly, that he would be the starting punt returner for a team this year. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be music to his ears. Absolutely. I, I think, man, and I, I, it made me start to wonder what team that was, um, you know, but I, I think that's that's got to be a good sign. I mean, he turned into a very reliable punt returner. Like, I, I don't know if he was the flashiest guy, but as far as making good decisions, had some good runs as well, um, 
catching the football, which is the very first thing that uh, I think teams look at. We like to look at it from like the flashy big plays standpoint, but teams want the guy who's going to go back there and catch it and, and be fearless. And I, I think that's something Josh did a phenomenal. I, I was glad you asked him about that shoe top catch. I wish I could remember what game that was. We got to find that. I swear I think it was SC State, but I, I could right. be wrong. Because um, I I was at – it couldn't have been A&M. That, that might have been another one in A&M because uh, that's when – that's the only game – that's the only home game I did not go to this year because I had death in the family. But I think – I think it was SC State. But the ability to just nonchalantly catch that football with a guy bearing down on him is it, – it's a skill, man. And you can have good hands. You can be a good – catcher of the football you can have good hand-eye coordination and still not be able to be a consistent punt returner so that's a skill that i think probably does give josh a little bit of an edge when you also consider the physical attributes and the traits that he showed at the pro day Uh, you mentioned uh him talking to an nfl team saying that he would be the team's starting you know punt returner were they to select him with him being a coming from South Carolina and Beamer ball and playing under coach limbo, how much does that help him be viewed more by NFL teams, knowing he comes from a team with a good lineage with special teams? I mean, I think it can't hurt ultimately. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, Chris, I think ultimately punt returner, it's more about, do you have the skill? Do you have the traits to do it? Um, you know, I, I think maybe on some other aspects of special teams, gunners and coverage and stuff like that, just being able to do it and being in a program where you have a guy like Pete Limbo who is pretty advanced, I think, as far as the detail-oriented stuff they teach. Maybe that helps a little bit. But I, I think certainly maybe this would be a situation where they will value Pete Limbo's opinion yeah, that's, about him as well. That's so what that, I, that's what I think helps. Yeah, you know, there's a difference between, and Shane Beamer was talking about this the other day. You've got some schools where you have a, spe, you know, they kind of Johnny Hole staff it, or you've got um, basically an analyst coaching the special teams. You have a guy that maybe just does it, he has that title, and it's not really a dedicated special teams coach. It's somebody else who's primarily focused on another position. Well, at South Carolina, you have a dedicated special teams coach, and you have Shane Beamer, who obviously has, he's been a special teams coordinator himself. He values it, his father, et cetera. And so, when an NFL team, you know, is talking, is soliciting feedback from the players' coaches, which they do all the time, these scouting departments, you could talk to Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer and get their opinions on Josh, which will be good opinions, I would think. Or you can go talk to, you know, talk about to another school about one of their guys, and maybe you're talking to an analyst. <laughs> you're talking to the head coach. So I think it can be very valuable in that regard. But then obviously the tape, you know, speaks for itself, Josh, with – like you said, Wes, just the skill set of being able to see, is this guy a reliable punt returner? And certainly he is. All right, heading to our first time out, come back on the other side and talk a little bit about another spring practice as Media was able to get in, take a peek today for the second time in spring so far. That's up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, sent by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by 
Fire Al Subs here on 1075 the game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Another day of spring practice uh, in the books, at least for what uh, media was able to see. I know you guys were out there a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, anything new? Any surprises that stand out to you? Yeah, you know, I think you go out there and you sort of try to look for little tiny, almost just tidbits of things you can find. They're they're tough to come by, to be honest, in, in a short little time period, but... I have a few. So, Chris, we did get we did not get the non depth chart depth drill, uh, but we did get three snaps of full on eleven on eleven football. Just three, and they cut it out. They just snuck it in the middle there. Yeah, it was third down drill. Which uh-huh. okay, so third, oh, because of yep, third down drill, best of three, and loser runs gassers. So Beamer was on the mic. Beamer was hyping everybody up. Beamer was telling them they didn't have 90 seconds to get lined up. Like, get lined up. Let's do this. And offense went three for three. So defense had to run gasser. So the way they do it, Josh was talking, I think sometimes they do best of five. I think we were there one time last year, and they did best of seven on a goal line maybe. But they're always doing – Obviously, like a best of three, best of five, best of seven. And so this was best of three, third down. I think it was third and four situation. So it's situational football. And again, offense got the first down. The third one was on a uh, penalty by the defense. But so you do ones versus ones. Then you do twos versus twos. And then the final rep is ones versus ones. Can I interrupt? I have a question. How do they do that if there's not a depth chart? They, he literally said ones versus ones over the mic. So we He's can say down now. we can say these are ones versus ones. These were the ones today. Now that does change, I, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think it rotates. I think the ones changes probably more so. Mm-hmm. Like if we would have if we would have been out there, let's say Thursday, if we would have been out there Tuesday and had open practice, the ones might have been completely different on Tuesday than they are on Thursday. But Nothing too groundbreaking. I did see that, interestingly enough, Nick Gargiulo was starting, or was with the ones, I should say, at left guard. And Bershawn Lee was at center. So the two of them were on the field at the same time. And Josh Simon, the tight end transfer from Western Kentucky, I can tell you all that I've heard like nothing but great things about this guy. He was working with the ones at tight end. The rest of the ones, at least for that little segment we saw, were exactly as as you would expect. Uh, you had Juju actually at running back. That's who was with the ones at running back day one, I'm pretty sure. Receivers, still Amari and Brown in the slot. Xavier Leggett, Juice Wells on the outside. And then the rest of the offensive line is what you would have thought. Uh, Trey Jones right guard. Jalen Nichols left tackle. Tyshawn want to make a right tackle, and then I'm trying to I'm trying to check the film on the second team right now. So Jakai, so Garjulo took Jakai Moore's for that one snap. You know, yes, he he was in place of him at left guard. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I'm a little upset, honestly, about this development because my prediction was that Nick Garjulo would win the center job. Well, I, I mean, don't. Well, it doesn't mean he can't. 
but but this is not on the right track, guys, for me. It could easily happen. It could easily happen. No, I mean, my, my serious thought was those two guys are probably starting. Vershawn Lee and Nick Gargiulo are, are probably starters, but I thought maybe it would flip-flop, right? Maybe Gargiulo's your center because that's the position he played at Yale last year, and then Vershawn Lee is back at left guard, and that could still happen. Might be experimenting with all those different combinations there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not convinced the two of them are definitely starting. That was just my prediction. Like, I feel like... I'm super convicted of it. I feel like Ja'Kai Moore has... I mean, you look at the... Yeah. You look at the offense last year. Yeah. Yeah. They played very well down the stretch. Obviously, that was with Ja'Kai Moore Mm -hmm. at left guard. Um, But Trey Jones still in there at right guard. Still in there at right guard, yeah. So, yeah, we're completely overanalyzing this. But that was... That was all I got. I got. I got to look back through it. Uh, linebackers were the same, pretty sure. I think there might have been a little movement at defensive tackle. I'm going to go back and try to try to see. I, I video it on my phone so that I can go back and review it because it, it happened so quick. Quan Banks was getting some first team reps at nickel, which I thought was interesting. For the most part, rest of the defense about what we thought. Decarion Joiner was he? I know he's still with the running backs. The he, part you saw, yeah, he was with the for the whole backs. for the whole practice that you saw, right? I know they're doing yeah, all this for the six uh, six periods. Six periods. He's with the running backs. Was he? You might have already said this. You gave us a lot of information. Was he with the second team at running? Backs? Actually, from what I saw, Mario Anderson was with okay. the second team, and not not enough to any impression. Have we formulated any impressions about Mario Anderson yet? I mean, a padded practice. No, well, and we I'm, just haven't I'm, seen enough. I'm refa- refraining, yeah. man. Yeah, I smart. mean. You got to be able to see a running back get hit. You see him run the ball. That helps. Yeah, like, but he's got to be running the ball when he can get. Yeah, the live nailed live action. Otherwise, how do you judge ability to break a tackle if they can't tackle you? Yeah, and he's a guy that I don't think is going to be just like a big make you miss. Like, not that he can't, but I think as far as the strengths of his skill sets. I think Mario Anderson is a guy who kind of runs through you, has good balance. He's one of those low, I will say this, and this is what we thought he was on film, but he's kind of one of those low to the ground, low center of gravity, pretty well put together, bowling ball type running backs that, you know, I, I think you can be successful with that skill set. But that that's kind of what I see in him. But I, I want to see him get tackled. I want to see, you know, we probably, we probably won't see that till spring game. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, for Mario Anderson. Probably won't know what you fully have in him until we actually get into the grind of the season a little bit, like you said, in some live game action and see him um, get tackled. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about spring practice on the other side. As we head into this break, though, I want to let you know about the 1075 game spring golf classic coming up tomorrow out at the Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. If you want to take part, you still have time. Give Charwood a call at 803 755 2000 to register. It's $100 per person and $400 per team. Uh, Josh Van, who is with us for the Garnet Trust Hour a little bit earlier, going to be hanging out there for a little while as well. Going to have some cool gifts to give away, including autographed gear from Gamecock Athletes, a tailgating spot at the upcoming Carolina Cup, and one lucky person going to win season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. I'll just be provided by our friends at Firehouse Subs, and it's going to be a beautiful day, temperature in the 80s, and a very low chance of rain. Perfect day for golfing. Don't miss your chance. Take part in the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, there by Firehouse Subs. We'll be right back. 
And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Firehouse Subs going to be providing lunch tomorrow at the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic. But you don't have to wait until tomorrow to enjoy a delicious Firehouse Sub because there's a sub of the day waiting for you today. There's one for every day of the week, and it's Thursday. So yesterday you got to have the New York steamer, which is outstanding today. You can try something a little different. Spicy Cajun chicken. You can get it at any of the 14 Midlands Firehouse Subs location. You can use the Rapid Rescue if you want to do that for efficiency. Make it fast. Order it online. Rapid Rescue at FirehouseSubs.com. It'll be waiting on you when you walk into one of the stores. There's a Firehouse Sub near you. And again, Firehouse Subs has a sub of the day for every day of the week. That's $7.99 for a medium, $5.99 for a small. Don't forget your chips and drink, though, Wes. Make sure you get that. And if you're coming out of the golf tournament on Friday, 107.5 the game golf tournament out at Charwood, get Firehouse Subs there as well. So appreciate their partnership. Love having Larry Chandler and Firehouse Subs on with us at the station. Yesterday on the halftime show, Ray Tanner, athletic director for South Carolina, was on from two to three with Jay. Talked about quite a number of things, and I gave you guys the uh, the cut list here just a second ago. Anything in particular that sticks out to you that uh, you see that he mentioned there? Let's let's talk about nil a little bit. Let's see what there, there's been a lot going on with that. So I'm curious of Ray Tanner's thoughts on that particular topic. Okay, here's what Ray Tanner had to say about nil yesterday on the halftime show. I think it's the fact that. He just loves special teams so much. Well, right? it's, uh, you, know, you, know, you, you have these coaches it, it, that... Hold on. Technical difficulties. One second. Uh, I apologize. What do you think Ray Tanner is going to say about NIL, Chris? It's pretty if, I, if I was an AD... I would tell everybody, still give to the Gamecock Club, but we need you to give half to Garnet Trust as well. That's been the biggest balancing act for athletics departments because it's it's part of the arms race. It's also part of like the media side of the arms race because you remember when some of the rules changed where schools could kind of publicly, not kind of, schools could publicly say, hey, it's okay to support an NIL collective. Obviously, the schools themselves, except for Texas A&M, still a, you know, not an official arm. It kind of is. But they can basically say, hey, it's okay to donate to NIL collectives. It's okay to join NIL collectives. They can kind of vouch for them. Well, when that happened, you saw some of those starting to trickle out. You know, remember Tennessee did a video. Their AD, Danny White, Ray Tanner did a video for South Carolina basically informing fans, hey, the NIL is here. It's here to stay. But there's, it's kind of difficult now, you know, from an administrative standpoint because, look, you were already fighting some things. Attendance, for example. You know, you've got flat screen TVs, and kitchens and refrigerators at home. Every single game's on TV. They're on great TVs like our guys at Integrated Media doing these awesome setups. It's, it's cool to stay home. It's easy. It's cheaper a lot of times to stay home. So you're having to spend more and more money to create that great fan experience. Well, now athletics departments, and this isn't unique to South Carolina, now you've got a situation where you're looking at some of your funds potentially not drying up but being redirected because you know that 
for your donors that you need your biggest donors to be participating in the NIL space because it's allowed, it's legal. All the other schools are doing it. Your competitors are doing it. And you can very easily get left behind in that space. And if you do, then your athletic department donations dry up because your teams aren't going to be very good. So it's, it's this really this constant balancing act. And it's something that a lot of coaches and administrators all across the country are talking about. Okay, we're good to go now. I had Luke Doty in the background for some reason. I had to fix that. But here's what Ray Tanner had to say yesterday uh, when talking to Jay about NIL. Well, it, it's, uh, you know, you, it was, it was kind of funny, you know, you mentioned we went to the state house a couple of years ago, uh, before, you know, this all happened that we wanted to have, you know, laws in place to protect NIL and, and get it going. And then the other states didn't have any laws. And it was like, well, wait a minute, we, we don't want our student athletes to be under any, any restrictions or guidelines either. So then we went back up to say, would we, we'd like to remove those. And, it was like, well, y'all were just here. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Things changed. So, you know, it's. Um, I do believe that Congress has an interest in trying to help us get to a place. When I say us, I'm talking about the entire country to get to a place that's good. I, I was a proponent of NIL and still am. Um, but there are cases that, that you hear about that I don't think are healthy for anybody. And we, we probably got to get to a place that there's, I don't. I want. I will never use the word restrictions, but some some guidelines or guardrails in place that um, makes it more of a, a fair playing field, if you will. Um, where that ends up, I don't know. But the 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 practical side of name, image, and likeness gives our young men and young women an opportunity to monetize off of what they do, whether it's um, an appearance, whether it's an autograph session, or whether it's lessons or whatever they do. Um, but then you hear. Well, somebody got you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars to go to a birthday party. Well, that's I'm not sure that those those intentions fit. And and then of course the, the transfer portal exists where you don't have to sit out. So that that adds to the whole scenario. You know, with NIL in certain cases. So there's work to be done. Um, I, again, I'm a proponent of NIL, and I think it is working well in lots of lots of places, including here. But but then you do hear circumstances where I'm not sure that, that we're handling it appropriately. But I think we'll get there. How long it'll be, I, I don't know. But, you know, when you have an interest in Congress, I think that's a positive sign. And that was, again, Ray Tanner talking to Jay yesterday on the halftime show about NIL. And lots to unpack from that. One thing that sticks out to me, you know, he mentions being at the state house and then basically saying, weren't you just here? You know, we're on not even two years into NIL into effect in summer of 2021, but it is continuing to change and continuing to evolve as we're seeing more cases of this go along. And it's something that's probably going to continue to change as the years go by, too. It's evolved a lot <clears throat> just in that time. I mean, and especially at the beginning, it's it's kind of, quote unquote, stabilized a little bit lately, even though there's still a push for, you know, some of the things that Ray Tanner was talking about, some of the reforms that people are looking at whether that's at the conference level, the NCAA level, the, the federal level. Um, there, you know, the problem was that NIL got dumped on everybody. And when it got made live, that created just chaos. There's new companies springing up to do different things like administering NIL marketplaces. There's collectives springing up. And one of the problems was because it was left to the states, 
there were, as Coach Tanner alluded to, there were a lot of differing state laws. So, you know, South Carolina's law was different than the state of Florida's law. At one time, only half of the states in the country even had an NIL law. So there was kind of this push where you thought at the beginning, well, I guess everybody will have a state law. Some of them didn't. And so those, you know, schools, those institutions that were in those states arguably had an advantage because there were no, there were no real, you know, rules on the NCAA level that had actual teeth to them. There's no federal law. And so that's been one of the reasons, you know, that you've seen states like South Carolina, they've just suspended their NIL laws. Um, You've seen some other states um, kind of alter, change their NIL laws, like Florida, for instance. You've seen some of that. There's still a push to make, you know, a federal law. But, But here's a problem, guys, in my opinion. This is my opinion. I mean, Coach Tanner mentioned Congress. You know, if, if you're waiting on Congress to solve NIL and to make it all better, I don't think that's going to be the answer. In fact, it's probably going to make it a lot worse. You're probably going to be waiting a while, too. You're going to be waiting a while, and the solution that you get might not be great. Well, what does Congress know about any of this stuff? They, they don't. I mean, they, they bring in some experts, quote-unquote. I mean, that would be like if you took me into a science lab and were like, hey, we need some opinions on how to solve this issue with this virus or something. And we're going to explain it to you in a couple of hours, and then we need you to help come up with a plan. Well, I don't live in that. I don't live in that business. I I haven't been trained in that. I don't handle anything day-to-day with anything that has to do with science. So how am I supposed to come up with a plan that actually makes sense. It's, it's part of the reason not to like get on a soapbox, but it's part of the reason that you see so many issues in classrooms, for example, is because you have people who aren't actual teachers that are tasked um, or their job is to come up with guidelines and stipulations and different things that affect them. So I don't necessarily have an answer, but I don't know that Congress is, uh, I, I think the NCAA is looking for Congress to bail them out and, oh, and come up with an answer so that they can push it on them. But I mean, let's be let's be honest here, y'all. Like, do we really trust that this is going to be some fitting answer yeah. to this well, issue? And I and I, you know what? I agree that there. I, I think you you want some guardrails in place to an extent, but some of this stuff, the toothpaste is out like you're not putting it back in yeah it, go ahead Tyler. i was going to mention that's why the ncaa chose charlie baker as the new president to replace mark Emmert. i think he's been in office for two or three weeks now because he does come from that political realm and appeals to both sides apparently he was uh very well respected was the governor of massachusetts i think um but he's somebody that the ncaa is hoping can kind of walk both sides of the aisle with Congress trying to get some of these, trying to get some of these things done. Yeah, Congress has been so bipartisan lately. Now we won't we won't start talking <laughs> about that. But but seriously, it, it is kind of tough because even like like Tommy Tuberville, um, Tommy Tuberville, former Auburn, Cincinnati, etc. I mean he he has taken the lead on some proposed NIL legislation, and he's actually been a coach. He's actually recruited, etc. But even some of the things that he says, you're like, dude, what you know? What are you talking about? You don't even get the sense that he has a great handle on it or a great perspective on it. Um, and and you just, 
for me, I kind of worry that this issue becomes a little bit politicized too. Like you've, some politicians have said some things on it even, and you're just like, that's not even close to right. Right. And you can even sense that, you know, there are two sides to it. I mean, we're talking about wanting to make it bipartisan, and I don't want to get into a political debate, but seriously, one side wants the players to get absolutely everything. The other side's like, well, players get scholarships. They don't need to be paid, you know. And so it, it seems like it's going to be difficult to do that. So the problem itself, though, is complex. It's a hard one to solve because, like Wes said, two spaces out of the tube, not putting it back in, genie in the bottle, all those cliches. You're, you're not going to be able to go back the other way. So what is the solution? And it's kind of difficult. I also think that a lot of the things that have been said in terms of criticisms of NIL or like sounding of the alarm, they either haven't happened they've been overstated or been flat out wrong. Um, There's a piece that Dan Wetzel did for Yahoo yesterday talking about the alarmist like rhetoric that people are saying, well, if players get paid, nobody's going to watch college sports anymore. Mm -hmm. Garbage. I mean, there's, there's, that was never true. And when you look at the ratings, I mean, look at the latest NCAA tournament ratings. Nobody cares that they're getting paid. In fact, they're watching more than they ever have. And so there's just not much to that. And, a lot of the people worried about kids making bad decisions from what I've seen and what I've heard kind of covering the NIL space, guys, some of the worst actors, probably the worst actors in the NIL space have actually been agents whose greed and incompetence no. has <laughs> has created the, no. seriously the lion's share of the issues that you read and hear about in the NIL space. Yeah, we're running to our last time out. And on the other side, Ray Tanner spoke a little bit about the new SEC scheduling model, and he did not give away any answers, no matter how hard Jay pried him. But he did speak about a few of his concerns and uh, about some of the stuff that we've seen out there in social media that may not be true. Let's listen to that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you for a few more minutes. And halftime show with Jay coming up. I believe Terry going to be filling in for Heath Klein once again for uh, game time later on this afternoon. Got one more clip of audio to play from Ray Tanner, but first, Chris, got to tell him about our friends over at Amy Mason Cup State Farm. Yeah, Amy and her team do a fantastic job. If you're interested in switching and saving on your insurance, which sounds good to me, uh, certainly that's what me and my family did. Uh, Amy Mason Cup can help you with that. Her team's experienced, knowledgeable, responsive. They're helpful, help you with all sorts of policies and give you a personalized quote for your home insurance, auto insurance, business boat, anything in the insurance realm. They can also tell you about the Drive Safe and Save app. It's got maps and can help you save up to 30% on your insurance. Our office is right down the road from the studio, guys. 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, it's just off I-26 at St. Andrews in Ashland Park Plaza. If you want more information on how Amy Mason Cup State Farm can help you, give her a call, 803-772-5554.
visit her website, amymasoncup.com. That's Amy, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's Amy Mason Cup, 803-772-5554. So we've seen a lot of these mock schedules come out for the SEC when they moved to the 16-team conference in 2024 when Texas and Oklahoma come in and you know, the, the debate's been on who those permanent opponents should be. And most recently, we've heard a lot about Georgia not being on South Carolina's rotation. I believe it was Ross Dellinger with Sports Illustrated that wrote the article about it. Uh, Ray Tanner was asked about this by Jay yesterday. And here's what he had to say about some of those permanent opponent projections that uh, we've all seen. Well, there are other scenarios, too. I could, I could give you a couple others that will be different than that. But there's, you know, we have an outside outside consulting company that we have used to help go through schedules. And there was, there's the algorithms that go back 10 years that do some, some uh, comparisons as far as competitive balance and scheduling that gets very high tech. So some of those things come into play. So we don't know. I mean, I was, someone, someone called me when that broke that, so George is out. I said, I I can't tell you George is out. Mm. I don't have it. So we're not, we're not there yet, you know. So there's no the the common opponents haven't been defined. You, I've seen things, I've seen things in social media and have been published that that it is set. But I can tell you that we haven't voted on it. So while there's still a little bit of time before these final decisions get made, we're assuming sometime, hopefully within the next month or so, as we go throughout the spring, that we'll finally get an answer on what that new scheduling model looks like. But according to Ray Tanner, it sounds like some things are still up in the air. Yeah, and I, I believe Ray Tanner 100% when he says that. Um, you know, it's not official, I'm sure, and it can still change. And, you know, that's how things work. They uh, Maybe it's headed in, in a certain direction, and maybe it's still being discussed. But also, Ross Dellinger is the dude when it comes to SEC news. So if he was the guy who put out those those pods, is that for sure that, that it was Ross? I believe so. It was. Those, yeah, if, if Ross says it, then there's certainly some truth to where it may be headed. Now, I think Coach Tanner's point is like, hey, we have not voted. There still could be changes. This is not official by any means, but there is at least some truth to the possibility I would wager a pretty good bit amount of money towards that. What What would y'all think about, because we did some digging, and you remember, so t- Coach Tanner on that clip alluded to Georgia being out, and I think what he meant there was – the reported possibility that Georgia may not be one of USC's future current opponents. Permanent opponents. Yeah, permanent yeah. opponents. And so, did some checking on it. And again, definitely nothing set. But there is a little scuttle, we can say that, that Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida could be USC's. Well, and what, I, I think we got to... we think of that? I, I think we got to remember... It's natural. We we look at things, we being like collective South Carolina media fans, everybody involved, naturally, you look at things from the perspective of your team. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, we do it in recruiting too. People will be like, well, I can't believe this guy is not ranked top 15 instead of top 30. And it's like, well, have you watched the... The other 15 guys. Yeah, <laughs> have you watched the 29 guys ahead of him? Yeah. You know, we're going to look at this from a perspective of that makes no sense that Georgia isn't one of the three because 
from a South Carolina perspective, Georgia is one of your your best SEC rivals, probably to most Carolina fans, your biggest SEC rival. Yeah. Whereas from a Georgia perspective, you know, it, it's not quite the same. Like that's just the reality of it. And so there are other rivalries I think they're going to be protected more so. And if they're really looking at balance, like competitive balance, like Tanner said, then maybe it just doesn't work out like that because when you start talking about now 16 teams and trying to balance everything out for all these teams, I mean, dude, I'm not good at math anymore at all because I don't have to use it hardly any. So I don't know how many possibilities you're talking about, but when you're talking about 16 teams and dividing them all up with three permanent opponents, the different iterations you could come up with and they overlap and you could end up really with one team. Like we, we don't know what adding Georgia would do to this team and that team and this other team. Mm-hmm. So I think there will be issues no matter what the answer is. Yes, yeah, so, some of the other games that have been traditional rivalries are just really good games year in and year out. They may go away from the standpoint. When I say go away, it doesn't mean they'll never play, obviously, this new model. Like if Georgia's not a permanent opponent, you'll still see him fairly often. It may add some weight yeah. to when you do play them. It'd be, it'd be kind of cool. It's kind of like, like I always liked when Georgia and Clemson would play. They don't mm. play every year, but mm. they play, you know, once every several years or a few times every several years. I kind of like that. It add, it does add some weight to it. Um, the other cool part about just the whole model in general is, you know, like next year, uh, the only SEC stadium I haven't been to is Bama. So we're going next year. And that'll kind of complete the circle. And you, you kind of feel like, for me, before this new scheduling model, it's like, well, if we don't go now, maybe like eight more years. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Now you get to kind of see everybody. So Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida. It's possible. It's just kind of the... A little scuttle. It's about. where the winds are possibly well, blowing and right as, now. As y'all mentioned, you know, South Carolina does view Georgia as their biggest rival. Georgia doesn't necessarily see it the same way and South Carolina and Kentucky are kind of in the same boat where they don't necessarily have a defined rival I would say in the SEC that's viewed largely by other fan bases I know like technically like Kentucky and Tennessee are a thing but that's not a rivalry you really think about when you think about the SEC too much especially in terms of football Um, so Kentucky and, and South Carolina are similar in a sense where they're a little bit on the outside looking in compared to the other teams that have those built in traditional rivals you have a budding rivalry with Tennessee. And I sort of think that if this ends up happening, then Tennessee and South Carolina becomes a natural SEC rivalry. Like, I think that rivalry grows because there's already a little bit of dislike between the two programs, it feels like. Then you add in the fact that they will be playing each other every year, which they obviously already do, but the fact that it will be more rare to play a team every single year. You could see South Carolina, Tennessee grow into a true rivalry, I believe. And sometimes it only takes one specific game to ignite that rivalry to a different level. I think about Georgia and Auburn, which have been rivals for over 100 years, Deep South Solders rivalry. But the 2010 game with Cam Newton and Nick Fairley elevated that rivalry to a different level. And I look at South Carolina and Tennessee last year, obviously know what Tennessee lost out on by losing to South Carolina. I think that ratchets that rivalry up to another level going forward. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 
Uh, you guys will be out at the 107.5 Games Spring Golf Classic tomorrow. I will not be here tomorrow, so I'll see you guys on Monday. Halftime show with Jay coming up next right here on 107.5 Game. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.